Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jorzen. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here. This episode is dedicated to those of you who are single and never been married. We're only dealing with you here. And uh, everybody else, whether you're divorced, separated, married, uh, it's complicated or whatever you can listen on. Now, many of you Span age ranges from teenagers all the way up to your 60s and 70s. So it's a diverse group. But let's talk about some of the things you have in common. For some reason, you guys have remained single. Now it could have been voluntary. It could have been involuntarily. It could have been because you couldn't find anyone. It could be because you don't want anyone. It could be that you're so fucked up nobody wants you. It could be that you have a perception that everything is fucked up but you. So there's various reasons as to why you're single. Now we have to look at the first question. Is it voluntary or involuntary? See, a lot of people would take an involuntary stance and try to make it a voluntary stance like they have control. But yet they've tried with all these other people and they got dissed. But they'll say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm single by choice. And then there's also, you haven't found the right one. And you're voluntarily single. Ladies, a lot of you are in that position. You're young, especially if you're between your teenage years to 35. A lot of you are looking around and you're saying, hey, you know, I would like to procreate with someone. You know, I don't have all these hormones in this shape and this breast and all the rest of these physical attributes for nothing. I want a man to come in and so we could go on and start a family and have a wonderful life together. Some of you. I think that way. And a lot of women are let down. So, they do this from, what's the 18 to 35? Can't find the right guy, but had some dick along the way and some good times. But now, you're 45. Childbearing years are kind of iffy. You know, the older you get, the more complications you may have when it comes down to birth. And this is where you will find some women really angry at themselves and at society. At society for the limited choices they had in men and themselves, but maybe not as trying as hard as they could have. That's a hell of a reality. 
Fellas, I will tell you something. This is no science, but I've seen this happen a lot. The older a woman gets who's been single, the lower her standards become when it comes to being happy. That woman that had those high, high high-ass standards when she was 25 because she was the hottest commodity around, well, if she couldn't find the right guy, by the time she's 45, she's softened the hell up a lot. And these are the type of women that will come back and say, back in the day, if you came up to me, I would have dissed you. I settled for you. And this is where they get it wrong a lot of times. At your age, you don't have the same, I hate to say it, desirable value. Now, that you had back then. So this means then that what has happened, for your sake, you think you settled. From the perspective of the guy, I was the best you could get. A lot of them don't look at it that way, though. This is just one perspective on it. I'm sure there are others, but see, here's the problem. When we start getting our emotions too involved in concrete decisions we have to make, we muddy the waters in our thinking, and what that does, it also sets us back. There's a lady that I knew of. Rest her soul, she's no longer around. She was older than the rest of us. She was in her mid-60s at the time we were going out. We were in our 20s. And one thing that she used to always tell me, and she was a very attractive lady. She would ask to dance and that kind of thing. But all these guys wanted her because she looked very sensual. She didn't look like she was in her 60s. But here was the thing. She told me, she said, when I was your age in my 20s, she says, I would sell the prospect of sex to a man. In other words, I would make him think that we were going to have sex to get the things out of him I wanted. And she said, you got to remember the word wanted. She says, as I matured, she said, what I realized was that I couldn't do that anymore. And she said, for a period in her life, it got to a point where it was no longer selling the essence. It was actually getting in the bedroom competing with other women for these men. And she said, it got to a point where she had to ask herself, why is she doing this? And what she realized was that she wanted to stay relevant. She wanted to stay competitive. And she couldn't let go of something that she enjoyed so much, the attention, the notoriety, the red carpet treatment from men. She didn't want to let that go. And then she looked around the club and she says, that's the reason why I'm in my 60s here. She said, it's really sad. But she said, any one of these young men in here, I will fuck them in a heartbeat. These old fogies, these old guys, 
I would never touch them. And I asked her why. She said, because they remind me of how far I've fallen. And I scratched my head and I said, that shit is deep. So people in your peer group, if you were to date them or be with them, you would feel like a failure because the people younger than you would make you feel more relevant. She just nodded her head with a tear coming down, got up off the table and went out and danced because the one thing she didn't want to do was to tell the truth about the decision and choices she made. But that was her lifestyle choice. Just like my lifestyle choice was stay out there 30 plus years on the dating scene. Her lifestyle choice was to freeze that moment in time when she had all the attention. Take it from my 20s to my 60s. That's what she told me. But what we have to understand, folks, we have different approaches. There is no one-size-fits-all answer to anything. And, you know, when you hear people talk about, yeah, well, we're coming up with solutions. Please, spare me. No, you're not. You're coming up with things that work for certain people that may work for a group of people that are faced with the same situation. But a whole solution? Mm, kind of hard to do. Everybody have different situations. Even some of the stuff I talk about in the show. Some of you will say, yeah, you know, that probably worked for me. And try it and it may work. But it may not work for the next couple or the next guy. It depends on your situation. Everybody's situation is different. But... There's another thing, too. A lot of you single men, you may find it hard to find a woman, a good woman. You'll find all the pussy you want. I'm telling you, you will do that. Because, see, what you have to remember, a half-assed woman in our society is better than a good man. I hate to say it that way, but that's the truth. See, a half-assed woman that is not interested in sex, not interested in you, but interested in your money, they value her. You could be a good man and do everything right, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, she'll never think of you as a good man. She's going to take that away from you. And there are very few of them that will recognize a good man. They, look, here's the problem. A lot of women say they want a good man. Many of them have never seen one. When they grew up, mom getting her ass beat by a boyfriend. Girl doesn't know who her daddy is. Mama's talking negative about her father. So she never had the luxury of knowing who daddy was. And that's a messed up situation. I dated many bastardized daughters. still on a quest to find who their father was still on a quest for approval affirmation I can't tell you how many times I've gone out with younger women and they were looking for that validation one lady recently came up to me and asked me how old I was and I could tell she was only in her early 20s and she said well I want you to be my uncle jokingly and I said no because I ain't in the incest and she looked at me she was like huh 
I said, little girl, go somewhere and play. You're dealing with a real dick here. And it's loaded. But in all sincerity, it's a situation where some of these women are lost. They don't have that. They don't have any of that. And I know we like to just try to say, oh, well, you know, that's because uh, it ain't their it ain't their past. It's the way they were brought up. You know, it, it, it's it's what they chose to do. We like to believe that. But see, I'm going to tell you something about that argument, too. There's some horrible parents out there, some shitty parents, who are quick to say, well, everything my child did is based on who they are now. So they can exempt and wipe their hands from all the shit that they put them through. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. There was a lady I dated, and her parents were from Mexico. And they got here to the States, and her parents were very mean, very extreme. And here's the thing that got me. When I met this lady, she was a clerk at one of the government agencies in Los Angeles. Very sweet, loving-looking woman. And I remember going in to this place where she was handling the paperwork. And I said, you know, you have beautiful eyes. Well, she did. She had gorgeous eyes. And she says, thank you. And so I tried talking to her, laughing with her and stuff. And she said, well, well, you know, these eyes have seen a lot. And I said, I'm sure they have. I said, you don't even know if I'm married or not. I said, well, I can tell because I don't see any shadow on your finger from a ring. That doesn't mean anything. I said, well, yes, it does. So a woman who's married, she's proud of being married. Hopefully. More often than not, she is. That means somebody wants her. And she could flaunt and show it off. She's got something already started. Part of her dream is fulfilled. Now, here's the other side of that. This lady was trying to play hard to get. But I eventually got her to go to lunch with me. I said, I'll be back this Friday to take you lunch. All right. We went to lunch. And she was so rigid. She wanted to order off the, it's like the snack menu. And I'm like, no, get what you want. I just want to say, I said, no. Mm -mm." I said, you didn't get those curves and then as fine as you are because of some damn salad. Get what you want. And she's like, you're not going to help me. I said, no, it's not about helping you lose weight. It's about keeping you as you are now. You're healthy as you are now. I said, has your doctor said anything about it? She said, no. I said, well, does your doctor tell you you need to be eating salads? No, I'm just doing them. I said, nope. Get what you want. So she went on and got what she wanted. So we sat there. And she said, why me? I said, you are you. 
I like the whole package. And she said, well, you probably won't like my history, but I'm not going to get into that now. So we talked it up. We had some fun. And this woman, as I was talking to her, I was really becoming more and more intrigued. And the interesting thing, she had a complex about her skin tone because she was very, very brown. Very brown Latina. And I told her, I said, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's kind of sexy, which I did. Still do today. And she was like, well, you know, I'll never be respected like a white woman, etc., etc. That came up. And the reason why that came up is because she was having some problems on the job with this one particular supervisor. And I told her, gotta let it go. I said, that's easier said than done, but here's what you have to look at. The power you have is mobility. You can leave that situation and feel better, can't you? She was like, well, yeah. Just keep that in mind. You could develop the rest later. And she was like, oh, well, you got a point there. I said, so that would take away that person's power if you left them. I said, well, I can't afford to leave my job. Now, I said, I'm not asking you to, but I'm, what I'm saying is by recognizing where your power is, you can always project yourself toward that goal, right? And she's like, well, yeah, I could. I said, complacency will never allow you to do that. She agreed. Now, after this lunch date with her, I got a call from her that night thanking me for taking her lunch. And she asked me what I was doing the rest of the night. I said, uh, not much. She came over. Oh, she made herself comfortable. She wore this wrap skirt. and made sure I could see the inner thigh in it. Oh, mm. It was on and cracking. Now, here's the thing. We sat and actually talked for about four hours. We played checkers because she loved checkers. We didn't play cards. Play checkers. And then she said, I don't see what you see in me. That's when I knew, oh boy, TMW, too much work. First thing I was thinking about, did I really want to be involved with a woman that I had to put in effort in order to shore up her self-esteem? At first I was saying, now nah, I'm just going to go ahead and let this go and just move on. And then I thought about it and I just asked her, do you think you'd be worth the investment? And she was like, excuse me? I said, the investment of my time, of my emotions, of my money, of everything that I would have to give to you to make you feel better about yourself. And she tried to distance herself from what she had said. I don't understand what you're talking You understand clearly what I'm talking about. I said, no woman in her right mind asks a question like that of a man where he can respect her again. And she thought about it and she acknowledged it. And she asked me to forgive her. Started crying. And then she started bringing up her past. 
father was a very evil man from what she projected. Now, here's one thing and the reason why I believed her. She had a couple of photos that her brother had kept while he was, while dad was abusing her. Mom was a culprit too. And what had happened? Dad would like to have the son, wife, other people take pictures as he's brutalizing her and other people. So whoever was not suffering the wrath of dad had to take the pictures. Old Polaroids. She had two of them. And she said these were the only two that made it. And she kept those things in her purse. And she said, this is my past. And I told her, I said, well, technically it's illegal for you to have these pictures. And she says, no, you don't understand. These pictures are copies. The originals, DA had. The way this child and her brother survived was CPS got involved. Now, some of the things that were done. They would take her food, throw it in the toilet, and she would have to fish it out with her face. Now I saw two of the photos. And the one she showed me was most disturbing. He had a ruler, and she had a book on top of her head, and she had her hands extended out books. She was in a school uniform, so apparently this was discipline after school. And you could see the, the tears in her eyes. And she told me, she says, I'm going to always carry this around to remind me from where I came. Now, I couldn't argue that because I didn't go through her experience. But what it did, it created a level of sensitivity and understanding for me. But here was the problem. Just like I faced so many times in the past and didn't realize it. A lot of times when these people are hurt like this, they can talk themselves out of relationships. And I didn't really understand that, and that's what she did. She talked herself out of our relationship. And I'm sitting there, what, what the hell? First time I ever heard of that happening. And of course, when we were together, oh, you just with me for the sex. It's like, I think we've gone beyond the sex. We're doing stuff that married couples do. We're doing stuff that engaged couples do. We're making plans. 
We're walking hand in hand on the beach. We're having picnics. We're doing all these things. And I just want you for sex. But see, that was the problem. She was always brought back to that situation. And to this day, I will never forget that image of her with those books on her head and her arms extended out, an expression on her face. I got traumatized after seeing it. Then finally one day, she had had enough and she and her brother got together. And she wanted to tell the teacher, but the brother went on and told everything. And then she followed it up. CPS came in, separated them. She went to one household, he went to another one over time. And they were never allowed to be with their parents again. And I think she has, I'm almost sure she does, now to think about it. She had a problem with that separation. When we broke up, it was sad. We had slept together that night. And what she did, she made a breakfast tray for me because I could smell the aroma of food cooking. And usually, when she would come over, she'd make breakfast, we'd get in bed, we'd sit there, watch TV or whatever. But what happened here was, she dropped off the breakfast tray beside the bed. And there was a note. I enjoyed everything but I need some work to do. Not I have some work to do. I need some work to do. Now, I'm not thinking, I'm like, what the fuck kind of... So I called her. Back then, we didn't have cell phones. Voicemail. Or answering machine back then. So that was about three or four calls. Then finally she called me back and said, we shouldn't be together. I said, you got here, I need some work to do. I said, say, yeah, I do. She says, I need some work to do with the therapist. I need some work to do on myself. And she went through this whole thing of, I need some work to do. And where she got this from, was from a minister that was on television. Talked about he got some work he needed to do for Jesus. And so she used that as a way of going forward. Now, she did work on herself. Oh, she went to therapy. She joined this um, group, support group, and I was trying to still get involved, but I said, hey, you know, I could go with you. She said, no. She says, one thing that they don't allow, people with relationships, mm -mm. they want you to work on you. They want you to focus on you. 
Now, I will admit, we had lunch about, I think about a year or so after she had, we had split. She was a lot more confident, a lot more self-assured. And one thing that I noticed immediately, she had no inhibitions about having sex. I mean, we had sex like, bam, like it was nothing. And there was no guilt, and I didn't even have to push it. We went to lunch, and then she said, what are you doing for the rest of the day? I said, uh, not much. Oh, let's go on and get on PCH and just go south. And we did. She said, I want you to stop over here at this motel. Stop at the motel. Why don't we go and get something to eat and just relax? We did. And as soon as we got from dinner, old girl went, took off her clothes. Well, let's go have some fun in bed. Bam, we did. Before, it was like I had to go through this whole myriad of qualifiers. It was like unlocking a door with so many bolt and locks. It didn't exist anymore. She was grounded, but she still did not have the confidence in herself to pursue a relationship. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, there's a group of singles that we don't think about. You have the imaginary singles. The imaginary singles are people who are in relationships who don't want to be. And so they fantasize about being single. So therefore, they tell everyone else that they're single. These are people that will use the term, oh, I'm a little married. Or could be divorced at any time. Yeah, these are the people that are looking through the glass, wishing they were single and trying to project it onto single people that they would like in their lives. The next one are the people who are what is called temporarily single. A temporarily single person is the most common person you'll find that's in a relationship on a dating scene. Here's what that person does. That person may be in a relationship, have an argument with somebody, spouse, partner, whoever, and therefore they're looking to go out and meet someone. And usually they're time sensitive. That means that they want to find someone quickly, someone to get the deed done, and they don't want any strings attached usually. Now, the problem with this is that if you're a single person and get caught up with one of these folks, they may be very convincing that they would be interested in you. As soon as you find out they're in a relationship or marriage, I'm telling you, demote them. They don't deserve to be on your high value list. Because, gotta remember, this person already is with someone else. That's where you have to look at it. Now, there is the conveniently single person. The conveniently single person is someone in a relationship, just like the rest of these were, and they could be in a nightclub or anywhere with their partner in real time. They're going to try to convince a single person 
that they're by themselves and that their partner is temporary. And how they do that is they will convey how they're not being treated well by that person. Now, this is a very covert thing. And they do they use this as a covert approach. I'll give an example. There was a woman that came to the club with her boyfriend. And yeah, they were sitting up, they were having fun, but I saw that she was looking at my buddy. Because every time she had a chance to turn her head over towards our table, she's looking at him. And I told him, I said, man, she's looking at you. And he's like, yeah, I kind of thought that. Monica said, yeah, she's she's definitely interested. Well, old boy goes to the bathroom. Mighty funny, when he comes out of the bathroom, this woman is standing there waiting in the little area where the ladies room is and she comments on the suit because what we had done because he was in the Marine Corps with me when we went overseas we had all these custom suits made for a really reasonable price and basically over there we had a GQ magazine and they told us anything you see in GQ we can make and GQ hadn't been out that long and so we were doing it up Now, here's the interesting thing, though. When it came down to him getting a number, and he told me this, he said, she slipped me a piece of paper with a number on it. And she said, don't call me after 9 p.m. at night. This woman was still living with this man. But he got home at 8 after work. And so what my boy was doing, he would call her up around 6. And they would talk from around 6 to 8. And then it got to a point where, well, he could only call her. She couldn't call him. And it got to a point where he was saying, now, wait a minute. When are we going to go out on a date independently, the two of us? And this is when she told him, I need for you to have everything in place. So when I leave him, I will go into the same environment I left. She put that burden on his shoulders. This woman would not even lift a finger to come over to his place and have sex with him. What she was looking to do was to find someone that was going to move her out of her place with this dude into another one before anything popped off. And he finally realized that. He was wasting his time on the phone with this woman all the time, risking his own welfare because the husband finds out it had been over. And he told me, he said, man, I never went out with her anymore. The only thing we did was talk on the phone. I said, that's the problem with those kind of women. They will waste your time and put their problems on your shoulder. I said, you were that girlfriend that she wanted. 
that talk about a man. Don't put yourself in that position. Now, the silently single woman. Who is she? She's sneaky. She's the woman that could be married. Your neighbor's wife down the street. She makes herself conveniently available to the man she wants. And she's going to make him seem like an idiot because she's like, let's fucking get this over with so I can get back to what I'm doing. That's the way they operate. They're rare. But when it happens, and they won't do this with anyone stupid, someone that's clueless. They're going to do this with somebody who's like, they're cool with it. But it's going to be someone she knows, and it's going to be over a period of time of knowing this person. And they're going to feel comfortable enough in order to do this. Now, they're not going to have much dialogue with the person they're doing this with. They just want it to happen. And they're only going to give it to you once. And then after they see that it's successful, you might get a second go at it. But if you fumble the ball the first time with her, she's done with you. She's not going to deal with you. Because the one thing she doesn't want to do is be found out. And these are just some of the archetypes of these people who, these ladies, who will try to portray like they're single when they actually are in a relationship. And of course we know it's complicated means that she's in a fucked up situation. She may want to give up some pussy while she's trying to resolve that issue. Fellas, don't get involved with the woman because if she has to put it out there that it's complicated, it's pretty fucked up. Just don't deal with it. Now, a lot of you single ladies are looking for a man of substance. But here's the problem. Men have been wrong also in projecting an image that kind of fed into the bullshit that you were fed. You know that high-value man? Throw that shit out of your mind. Here's what you need to look for. Because the reason why I say that, forget 100K. 100K ain't shit in California but roommate money. Is something in Tennessee and Arkansas? Nothing in California. Get that out of your head, first of all. Quit dating with a poor mindset, because that's what you're doing. High-value man. You need to go for a high-caliber man. And I don't mean by the bullets Ray Ray having his gun. I'm talking about somebody of substance. Because the ultimate goal for most women is to find a Delta male. And they're like, oh no, I want an Alpha. And let me explain what a Delta is. Someone who's stable. Someone who's emotionally stable. Financially stable. Someone who's consistent. Someone who doesn't mind the Alpha male existing in the hierarchy. Because he benefits downline from the Alpha male. Let's talk about the alpha males that would be in a Delta male's life. The CEO of the company. The COO of the company. The people who will take the risk so that he could benefit from by having a stable existence and family. 
That's right. I see the Delta doesn't have to kiss ass like the Betas do. So, you ladies, when you talk about you want a good man, you want actually a Delta, because that's where you go to. You try for that alpha male, and a lot of times that alpha male is too much for you. And the reason why it's too much is because a lot of times, even if he's married, he's fucking around. He's too volatile for most of you. And oh, you think giving him some pussy and telling him you love him and demanding you want to marry him are reasons or incentives for him to stop what he's doing for you? Please. What will happen is you'll become one of the women on his wall of fame that he has fucked. And you'll go down line looking for a Delta male was more responsible in your view someone that really valued the things you value but you have to go through that cycle a lot of you young ladies go through it oh you want that alpha charismatic male driving a nice car has the money has a six figure salary you think you're going to corner him on the market and even if he starts dating you you're going to realize he's fucking other women See, the Alpha has a lot more to maintain. They have a kingdom, just like Alpha women. They have a kingdom to maintain. They have people under them that they have to impress. And they can't impress anybody with you slowing up the marketability with other people. It's just like, I want to put it to you this way. It's like with Beyonce. When Beyonce got married to Jay-Z... What happened to many of the men that's, that really liked the music? They kind of laid off because they had the fantasy of fucking Beyonce, but Beyonce's now, she's a wife. She's got, a, she's a mother. So they respect that. Well, see, ladies, that's what happens with alphas. They cannot afford to be in a relationship to dull down their appeal that's what keeps them relevant. When they start losing that, that's when they run into trouble. Al true alpha females know this. These women go into their 60s and 70s. A strong alpha female. Not that, not, I'm not talking about that advocate strong where they're trying to fight for women's rights. I'm talking about that woman that still got it where she can still pull men years later. And she never is getting serious about a relationship because she doesn't have to. Because in her mind, being in a relationship is desperation. And she's not looking for that. Oh, she'll screw guys all the time along the way. And they'll fall in love with her. And she'll have this collection of skeletal friends that she can ask to do anything. She'll never have to worry about a place to stay. She'll never have to worry about food to eat. She'll never have to worry about a car to drive because the men will lay themselves down for her. And the difference is, she doesn't get tired of this lifestyle. She's going to live and die by it. And that's the difference. Most women don't have the stomach to be an alpha female. That's the reason why most men don't have the stomach to be an alpha male. Because you deny yourself a lot of stuff. 
people don't realize that. You deny yourself a lot of things. Now, the other thing too that we got to come to grips with. We have to realize that dealing with this type of situation, with these types of relationships, you're going to run across people who are single. But let me let me rephrase that. You're going to run across people who are single in general. They're going to have other agendas, just like we already know. We've already experienced those things. But here's the distinction. Some will be so desperate, they're going to try to force you to accept their situation. And you don't have to. And don't let them guilt you into it. Don't let them shame or blame you into a relationship with them. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Don't try to file it down. Don't try to force it. You know, I was looking at a show last night on Smithsonian uh, Channel. And they were talking about these jets. And there was this certain jet that was manufactured. And the pilots had to be aware that whenever they landed this jet, it would land just under the same speed as a fighter jet would. And that was because they had cut the tail on the plane in the design in such a way that it would do this. Now, there was only a problem with this, and that problem was some of the pilots weren't really trained or aware of this nuance. And eventually, there were a couple of crashes as a result of this. And they made some modifications and changes. What I'm getting at, sometimes a good idea from the engineer's perspective may not be a good idea from the operator's perspective. Same thing with relationships. Same thing with being single. Sometimes that person may think they're the best choice for anyone. And you are looking at that person and you say, no, you'll be the worst choice. But they don't see it. And they will still try to put themselves forward towards you. Now, let's look at a few stats here. If you are female, and I believe you're on average 22 when you do marry, if I remember the stats right, only 6% of you actually wind up getting married at that age. And that's the most popular with that particular demo. Now, the women who marry in this age range usually marry a man at least 10 years his senior. His senior. 10 years her senior. I'm sorry about that. So, there are even fewer men in this age range, in this age group, that actually marry. And the reason for that is Marriage for a man is taking on responsibility. Marriage on a woman is someone taking on their responsibility. Now, of course, this is not true in all cases, but hear me out. What are the expectations? If you're a man and you're taking on a single woman, 
She's expecting you to take care of her. Boom, right? As a man, you're telling her, I can take care of you. The reason why many men don't marry is not because of what you think. A lot of you think, oh, he doesn't have his shit together. Nobody ever has their shit together as long as they're working for somebody else or as long as they have their own company. The reason being, you're subjected to any volatility that may come down. One systemic setback and we all fuck. So, ladies, those of you asking men to have their shit together, it will never be. And what the hell do you mean by that anyway? Because it could be as stable as you think, <laughs> but not as stable as you know. Please understand that. We'll talk more in a moment. The one thing that men do well with women is lie to them. And why do we do this? Oh, we do it because we want to keep that status up. We want to keep that optimism going about the relationship. Now, what are some of the things men will lie openly about to women? Another woman, because she's not fulfilling his needs. Or there's an issue that hadn't been resolved that he decides to go out and do his thing with. The other thing is his income and his job. A man will tell you a lie about losing a job, ladies, before he'll tell you the truth about it. In other words, if he got fired, you probably won't know until he's got another job. Because he doesn't want to hear the ridicule, the criticism. Because as a man, we look at losing a job as a situation where it's our fault. Because society blames us for it. We don't look at it from the standpoint that the company made a decision not to bring our asses back. Because we're held to the same standard that women who are supposed to have children, for instance, right? They put that burden on them. I never understood that concept. Just because you're female doesn't mean you have to have a baby. Now, I'd like to fuck the shit out of you, but that doesn't mean that you have to have a baby. And I'm just being honest with you. And here's the thing. There are a lot of women out there who don't want to have a child. But should they be ridiculed for being barren? And there's some that do want to have children but can't. See, I don't weigh the value of a woman based on her functionality or utility. I weigh it on who she is as an individual. And that's the main thing. And we should go with that. At least from my perspective, you may have a different one and say, hell no. Well, there we go. See, the one thing that you're not going to get from me is somebody that's going to go and try to major read the scripture and try to make you fearful of the devil and all of this other shit. No, you have choices. I just want you to think. For your own sake, not mine. That's it. Think it through. And if you heard it before, you thought about it already, okay, throw it out the window. 
nothing wrong with it. But let's go on. You see, ladies, men lie to you about things that really threaten them. I can't trust you anymore. Instead of me telling you I don't trust you anymore, I'm going to lie to you and say I love you. And I'm going to go over to this other woman. And I'm going to spill my guts to her about how horrible you are and what I can't trust about you. That's where men work. That mistress will always know more about you than anything else. He purges to her. Oh, she'll know everything. Everything. And see, here's the thing when a man knows he's comfortable with a woman. And I promote, of course, safe, safe sex. But let me tell you something. When that woman gets to a point of him sleeping with her without a condom and he feels as though she's committed to him and she could be a mistress, whether she's somebody else's woman and she may even deny her man the privilege of sleeping with her in order to sleep with this other dude that she really likes. See that happen. And she didn't mind the husband cheating on her. Because <laughs> she didn't need him anyway. See, that's how that works. Fellas, when your woman don't care about you cheating on them, mm. you know, you used to have that song, Bet You Got a Chick on the Side. You know what you can replace that chick word with, right? Bet you got a dick on the side. Bet you got a dick on the side. I think the point of sisters used to sing that. Bet you got a chick on the side. Better watch it. Take up line, look it up on Spotify. But <laughs> this is what I'm saying. And as single people, we have different stages of being single. Now, the first stage of being single, of course, is that naive stage. You know, puppy love stage. We're young, all the way through high school. You have that awkward sex. You have sex for the first time and think you got her pregnant. It happens. And then it gets to the point. It become a little bit more serious after high school. You still want to party, but now you're fully grown and you could try every bullshit move you saw in a movie on a woman. Everything you saw that you thought would work, you could try that shit and let it blow up in your face. Then you get past your 20s. And ladies, I do apologize for the bullshit you got to hear in your 20s and the things that guys try to do to impress you. And you realize it's dumb, but we're, we're trying to do that to get your attention. You know, like jumping off the damn uh, railing at the swimming pool in order to kind of get your attention. It's like one of those holdovers from teenage years that they haven't quite advanced with. Let's go on. 
then you start dealing with the situation where you're kind of starting looking for someone that's a little bit more stable. Now, this kind of relationship may evolve around 26, 27. You're looking for somebody that you can constantly have sex with and be intimate with without the criticism, without the trepidation, without the nervousness, without the skepticism, somebody that you could be with and be whole with. That's what you want. And so you go and you find that person if you're lucky. You're trying to find this person before 35 usually if you're single. Because you have other things you got put in store for yourself. You may want to buy a house, finish college. There's a lot of things you may want to do. And you want to get that relationship question kind of out the way early. Because you don't want to be one of those people getting into a relationship in your 40s and 50s for the first time. Kind of embarrassing. So, what happens, you wind up going forward, getting into a relationship. And things seem to be working out pretty well. But it's a whole different type of value system. The obligations are different. Commitment is different. Person has to be more accountable. You put more on that person's shoulders. So it's not a situation where they could just walk in and everything is fine. Like in the past, where they could just jump into your life and not really have any purpose. Remember those four questions I always ask you? Who are you? What's your purpose? What are your strengths and weaknesses? And what are your intentions? Those are four questions, categories, that should be clearly answered by the time you're 35 years of age. You should be able to answer those questions. And other people that you are dealing with in a relationship should be able to tell you the answer to those questions. If not, you have shortchanged yourself out of a future. Plain and simple. Now, other things that we got to consider. You got to consider how this person communicates. This is going to be a very important aspect of your relationship. How considerate are they? And ladies, let me tell you something that will help you immensely. If you find a good man, don't let your girlfriends talk you out of him. Let your girlfriends go. You can replace them with Facebook friends if necessary. Let your girlfriends go. If you have a good man and you know he's a good man, he's treating you well. Misery loves company. Those pessimistic girlfriends that are telling you, oh girl, he's going to cheat on you. The only way he's going to cheat on you by her saying that will be her trying to give him some pussy. But that usually is what the, the deal is. Now, a lot of you ladies don't know this, so you get it wrong. Let me tell you something. I have been accused 
in the past by women's girlfriends. Oh, girl, he gonna cheat on you. He too handsome. He too this. He too that. And unfortunately, more often than not, the woman that I was with would say, yeah, my girlfriend, I believe her. She, she, We've been knowing each other since junior high school. Blah, 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 blah. And then I would tell her, I said, so you're going to believe her over me? She's like, yeah. I said, okay, she come my way, I'm fucking her. Oh, you you ain't, she my friend, you ain't going to do that. I can't tell you how many dicks I've been in inside these women with. That should sound kind of crazy the way I said it, didn't it? But these women have no idea how many times <laughs> I've been inside them. I tell you, there's no editing on this show. They have definitely made mistakes in the past. Because I'm going to tell you, I didn't put... Mm. Look, I'll put it you this way. There was a lady, I took her out to dinner. And we had another event planned. We're going to go to the jazz concert down there in uh, Long Beach. Had tickets, had everything. My girlfriend said that you cheated on me and she saw you with somebody. I said, look, I just went out and spent this damn money for these damn tickets for this jazz. You going or not? Well, you got to tell me you didn't cheat. I didn't cheat. Don't know what you're talking about. Well, she said you do. All right, well, let's sit down and have a conversation with her. Now, she says she don't want to talk to you because she don't talk to cheaters. It's because she started some shit. Well, here's the thing that happened. This girlfriend of hers got my phone number from her under the pretenses of telling her I'm going to tell him off and give him a piece of my mind. That woman called me and the first thing she said was you know she's not good for you let me tell you what's wrong with my girl my girl been cheating on you she's been doing this to you she's been doing that I said oh really I said well I got these tickets and she said well she's not going to that concert with you I can tell you that she said but I'll go with you guess what I did Took her to the concert, and I fucked the bat shit out of that woman. And then after that, we went our separate ways. Ladies, your girlfriends, that negative one that really doesn't like your man, where did that passion come from? Where did that hatred come from? Where did that disdain come from? It came from between our thighs. I'm just telling you this. Those girlfriends, you got to watch them. Another thing you have to watch too. You know, when you're meeting a guy for the first time, and this has happened to me a couple of times. I went out, and me and this lady, we were kicking. And she's like, well, 
you're gonna have to meet my friends before we could go forward okay that's cool i'll meet your friends i'll go and do the little bullshit you know political thing where i shake hands and kiss babies well that was a little bit different situation there i'm expecting you know the adversarial you're gonna have the angry friend that doesn't like you uh you're gonna have the skeptical you know relative that's still you know not quite sure about you yet and for the most part that's what i ran into except for one person her bff very enthusiastic very enthusiastic oh girl i like him he's really handsome blah 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 and of course in the beginning it was cool for the first six weeks we dated but then it got to a point where she started saying, well, how's our boyfriend doing? Our boyfriend. And she thought it was cute. Oh, he's doing fine. Girl, you know, he's my man, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'm still trying to be loyal. Still trying to be faithful. And then one night, it was a Thursday night, she says, "Uh, so where are we going tonight? And I'm like, we she was asking my girl this my girl was like we she said oh no 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 we we're going somewhere the three of us need to go and it's on me well that's all she had to say for my girl though and i'm like well no you know i pay for oh no no she's fan we go out to the steakhouse and this is when i realized this woman was in it a little bit too much at first there were some signs that she was but not like this oh girl goes to the bathroom my girl goes to the bathroom she scoots over in the booth where I was and puts her hand in between my thigh and she says you know you got both of us right and I asked her what do you mean by this she said well her man is my man I'm confused I'm like, I'm in a relationship with her. And she told me, don't think for a minute that I can't take her away from you. And that was some powerful shit because I didn't believe her. And of course, being a man, I was going to challenge her on that, right? So I said, girl, get out of here. And moved her hand off my thigh. My girl comes back. This is what fucked me up the most. And I didn't realize how much power some people have over others. She asked her, she said, does my opinion count with you? And she was like, what? She says, have I ever led you wrong? She said, no. She said, so if I don't like him, what happened? She looked at me, looked at her. She said, well, he's my man. She says, yes. But what happens if I don't like him? The girl put her eyes down and told her straight up. You make better choices than I do.
what I, I wanted to hear that shit again because I didn't believe she said what she said at that point. She said it again. You make better choices than I do. And as soon as she said it, old girl looked at me, eyes open, smiling like, yeah, it's like that with us. Once I realized how much control and influence she had, I was like, damn. We did have a threesome, though. That was a good thing. That was the benefit of it all. But for the most part, if I had to do it over again, mm -mm. I wouldn't deal with it. I wouldn't deal with it. And what you will realize, folks, is in some of these relationships, the only redeeming value in them, believe it or not, is going to be just sex. Because there's not going to be any other aspect of it. Because, see, some people have actual control over others. And no matter what you try to do, you can't prove them different. And the reason being is because these folks have gone through experiences with these people. And they trust them more than they trust anybody else. You're an outsider. So natural. It doesn't matter what gender you are, what race you are. Whoever they trust the most is going to be usually the default for them. I'm going into these Hershey's drops because these things are good. But yeah, that's what happens. We'll talk more in a minute. Now, we must also remember that women are very proficient liars too especially single women. And it's the game that everybody complains about between men and women. They both are lying to each other. That's the game, folks. You know, when you talk about people say they're tired of dating and so forth, they're tired of the lies because the lies lead to the games. Woman says that she's independent, single, entrepreneur. Find out that she has a man. She has a baby with this man. She's not going anywhere, but this is her call to independence. The guy who lies about having a corporation, having a big business, having all of these assets and everything. Then you find out he has nothing. Folks, the game that everybody complains about in dating is the L-I-E-S that they tell each other. That's the game. So now you know. It's not the worrying about meeting a creep, serial killers, and all this other crap. It's about you wasting your time, the people who are playing games and lying. And the sad thing about it, some women think that men do it more, and men think women do it more. You're the same. You cancel each other out. So now, why is this? It's because the pressure has been applied to people to perform. See, when you are stuck with performing in order to retain your merit or your validity, you pretty much do anything in order to do that. You lie to her. You do all these things to measure up to that standard you set. 
But it was a standard that you could not retain. It was a standard that you didn't believe in, but it was a standard that measured up to keep her interest or pique her interest. So, how do you get around the lies? You know those four questions I always tell you? All thing you have to do is in some way use those four questions and hold that person accountable to those four things. So tell me about yourself. I want to know I want to know only about you, not what you drive, own, live in. I don't want to know anything about that. I want to know about you as a person. Tell me about your personality, character, those kind of things. Because see, we focus on the material shit because we're in a capitalist society, and when we do that, we miss out on the characterial shit that they're short on. And this is how a lot of you women wind up getting bullshitted by guys. You focus on the material end, and then you say, oh, the relationship's going to work itself out. Oh, he's got a good personality. You really haven't done any work on that end. You did all your work on the end of him having money. And that's what many of you justly deserve to get your ass dropped off on the side of the road. Hate to say it that way, on the relationship road. Hate to say it that way, but it's true. Because here's the thing. These guys already know, hey, I could have a fucked up character. I could have fucked up substance. I could have fucked up everything. As long as I appeal to them like I have money, even though I may not. And she falls into this trap. She gets what she deserves. This is the way these guys look at you, ladies. This is especially a guy that doesn't plan to keep you on an alpha male would do this to you in a heartbeat. I'm talking about a true alpha male, not these little bullshit gamblers trying to be alphas. I'm talking about a guy that has no fucks to give about anybody's feelings. And what he's looking for is his next opportunity with a woman. You thinking you're getting a relationship with him, he sees you as an arm trophy for now. You think you're going to get pregnant by him and have his child? And he's going to be with you? When he gets to that point, he realizes that that's a possibility. More than likely he's going to start cheating on you with someone else. The one thing he's not going to do is be hung up with kids and family. Again, he has more to lose than, than you. You are nothing to him. Because of the fact that he has a following. He has people underneath him. Beta males. Delta males. Gamma males. Omega males. That are all depending on him and feeding his ego. And he's afraid that at some point, one of those guys are going to catch up with him and eclipse him. Alpha males are very competitive. They're not going to allow that to happen. And so what's going to happen is he's going to up his game. There have been a many women that fucked an alpha male and never married him. <laughs> and they wonder why. And they wind up with the delta male that's more stable emotionally and financially because they a lot of times get traumatized by the alpha or even a gamma faking like they're an alpha that's more of a traumatic blow than anything else so some people don't understand the full hierarchy 
see the Omega male is the lowest. You ladies can find an Omega male. You go to any nightclub. If he got out of prison, if he got kicked out by his girlfriend, if he's classified as a homosexual, that's your Omega male. Not too many of you want that. Except if you're disenfranchised, if you look at yourself as being fat, unattractive, uh, you might go for a guy like him. Because he's not going to do anything but patronize you and build up your self-esteem falsely. And by the same token, this hierarchy, it also is the same for women. Doesn't change. They just handle it differently with men. But that's the way it goes, folks. That's the way it goes. Now, let's talk about a couple of other things here with this single lifestyle thing. That's very important to you folks. Now, I get a lot of email on, why are you still single? It's by choice. Like I said, there are different reasons why you could be single. But see, what people try to do, they try to equate your current status with the sum of everything you've done. How many times have people made mistakes like that? Here's the thing, folks. A lot of times what happens with singles, they're listening to a whole bunch of people and then they ignore it. And they go with their own feelings. Most of the listenership that they give is patronizing. They're not going to apply any of the things that these people are sharing with them. They're going to go with what they what they feel at that time. And then what happens? They reconcile after they fucked up. Hey, if I'd listened to this, I've done this, I've done that, I would have avoided that problem. But coulda, woulda, shoulda did everything, right? But you'll see this a lot with folks. They had that buyer's remorse after the fact. Many people write into this show about that same issue. Oh, I thought you were just talking outside of your neck. A couple years later. You know, you were right. My husband did leave me. Of course he was going to leave you. You didn't have that much clout. But some people think they have all the answers. But they fail to look at some of the obvious indicators that let them know that they don't. This woman thought she could lord over her husband and she could do all these things. She had him basically doing everything for her family. And she thought it was going to last. And she was talking about how dutiful he was. And I told her, I said, at some point, he's probably going to get tired and not tell you. He's just going to fade out on you. Oh, no, he would never do that. We're loyal, blah, 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 blah. Well, not only did she leave him, I mean, did he leave her? He left her with one of her relatives. And so this has got her in a tizzy. You see, sometimes when 
you present things to people, like the way she presented her situation to me, first thing we want to do is we want to hear the interaction of the person, but we don't want to hear the result. We just want to get it off our chest, let someone else know, give our opinion on it. And so they'll give their opinion, we're not listening, and we go out and we do whatever we think is right, based on our own opinion. Only sometimes we get our own feelings hurt because that person's told us the truth and we don't want to face it. And we go out there and we find out, yeah, the truth hurts like a son of a bitch. Now, some of you say, oh, well, your show's too deep. You're going too much detail. You're doing too much. Let me tell you something, folks. When you hear that term, you're doing too much, like one lady told me one time. She says, you're thinking about the future, about our relationship. you putting too much in it. You're thinking too much. You're putting too much on it. I said, oh, really? I am. She says, yes. I said, okay. And I took her ass home. And she was like, that's going to be the end of the day? I said, yeah. I said, because after all, I'll be putting too much on it because the too much that I was going to take you out to the movies with tonight after dinner, I'm going to say that for a woman that doesn't think it's so much. And while we're at it, remember you said you wanted a long-term relationship in the beginning? Well, I think that was a little bit too much of a commitment for you. So I'm going to kind of shorten that expectation and find somebody that doesn't think that also. I'm going to tell you, fellas, that impatience works to your advantage that will save you money. Let her go on and express herself in her discomfort. It's fine, because she has a right to do so, right? But you also have a right to pick up on that and realize, I could do better, or I could do different. Don't allow yourself to be stuck in a situation like that lady. Same thing with you. Dude, say, girl, are you doing too much? When you're asking questions about him putting on a condom and that kind of thing. <laughs> you got the option right there. You got the power. It's up to you. you fuck around and sleep with him you want to and get pregnated by, impregnated by him, that's on you. But if he tells you that you're doing too much because you're asking him for a condom, why are you still there? That tells you you don't give a damn about your life or your health. Does he? Look, I get a lot of backlash on this show because I bring up subjects that people don't want to talk about. Some people think about but don't want to say anything because it crosses your mind and you may think it but you don't say it. And yet, we sit around and become hypocrites and say, well, a hungry mouth won't get fed unless it's open. So which is it? I think for the most part, dating, especially online dating, has got a bad rap. It's the same thing that was before with traditional dating. The only difference is you have more access to more people more easily. 
It's more convenient. That's the only distinction. Everything else is still the same. But we try to make it more complex than it is because we introduce technology into it. And that scares the shit out of people. Technology, unknown means of communicating for some. The stranger that you're going to meet through that technology. Oh boy, that adds on to the tension and the anxiety. And some people are very conscious about how they look in pictures and stuff like that. Let me tell you something, guys. I'm just going to tell you this one time, fellas, in particular with women. If you compliment her and she throws it in the trash, do not compliment her again about anything else. Say those compliments for someone who really deserves it. Because that means that she doesn't really feel good about herself. There's no need for you to go and put in that energy to try to make her feel better. Fuck her. Move on. Seriously. Don't waste your time. You will spend more time trying to build up that low self-esteem. And it's never worth it after you've done it. Trust me, the pussy's not worth it. The person's not worth it. And the reason why I say this, and I say it openly, is because I've seen this done over and over. I have participated in it. And let me tell you what happens. You usually create a Frankenstein. You build them up. And then the ego gets besides them, and then you're beneath them. That's one scenario that I saw happen more often than not. The other is they try to take you down with them. And that's the most common when that would happen. They want the modest, they want your ass so modest until you get to a point of low self esteem on their level. Don't fall for this shit, fellas. When you see this, call it as it is. Ladies, same thing. Because some of you let these guys do that to you. And then before you know it, you call fat. And before you know it, the guy's not screwing you no more. And before you know it, you get disrespected. Because, see, it's a cycle. So don't put yourself in there. person may be very pessimistic about everything you do. Oh, I'm going to go, and I think I'm going to go back to nursing school and take classes. I don't know why you're going to do that. You're going to fail. Oh, yeah. You're going to have those kind of people in your lives. Honey, I don't know why you're going to try to become a musician. Your band sucks, and you might as well just go and take that time and get another job instead of playing around with that hobby. Because they have a fear of you doing better and leaving them. So they're trying to hold you back as much as possible. And they start this by going after your self-esteem. The very thing you will need in order to make you go forward with your endeavors. They got to break you down. They got to make you feel bad. They got to put you in your place so you won't leave them. And this happens with both men and women. So don't get caught up in a Jedi mind trick to bullshit. A lot of you single people are going to wind up with older people. That's the trend, especially for a lot of you younger women. Now, 
here's the thing that I will tell you. With older men, some of them will try to go and keep up, you know, and try to be contemporary. Please understand what you're getting into with a guy like that. He might be trying to stay relevant because he's probably done like some of the women did. They weren't popular in high school, didn't get a chance to have all the girls around them because they were not the jocks. And so at 55, 60, they're trying to shine, trying to get their moment in the spotlight. And what this means is that when they do this, they may be a little reckless. Not a little, they'll be a hell of a lot reckless. In other words, yeah, you'll be a fine 20-something-year-old, you'll be in his 50s or 60s, and he might just try to slide on and talk to your girlfriend, your sister, whoever, who's in the same age range. When that starts to happen, dear, you're dealing with a man with low self-esteem who didn't have the opportunity to do what he needed to do when he could have done it at your age. Women, same thing. Older women with younger men, same thing. Now, here's the difference. An older woman is a little bit more conscious about being with a younger man. And especially when it comes down to being with other younger men. Because the one barrier that women have is their reputation. If they lose that, other women will never let them forget it. Men don't care. We're trying to get you out of your clothes. There's other women that are trying to keep you in them. And that's where it comes down. And this is what we have to look at. I'm going to conclude in just a second, folks. All right, now, when you're in your middle ages, we'll say 35 to 45 area, at this point, the caliber of guy you're looking for, caliber of lady you're looking for, is someone that has some experience. Sexual life experience. You're not looking for any novices. You're not looking for people that are just going to start out and try out and see what happens and worry about it later. You're done with that. Now you're a lot more serious. And that works out. So what does this mean? At this point, you're at a point where you have not only established, hey, these are the things I need in my life. Yes, I would want this individual in this package of physical attributes, but these are the things I need. That's when your need focus is higher and your want focus is not as high. And it goes through where it's the opposite when you're younger. So you got a bullshitometer, <laughs> a bullshitometer. In other words, you're at a point where you don't have time for lies and foolishness. You can make more concise decisions. Unless you got some experience under your belt. Now, here's the thing. From your 30s, like late 30s to 
mid to late 40s, that's usually when many divorces will take place. That's where people will separate. That's where people will divorce. And so what happens during this period, they may have a different focus going forward. I'm looking for only somebody that's going to have a marginal role in my life. For instance, so the divorcee, 48 years old or so, like many of the women who write in here, they may not be looking for a full-blown relationship starting out. They want some time to reflect, get themselves together. They might have been divorced one or two years. They still want some dig. But the thing is, they want the relationship, but they don't want the commitment, obligation, and so forth. They want the companionship, the friendship. And usually what happens when they go back into a relationship, it's a little bit different. The structure a little bit differently. In earlier years, she wanted commitment, she wanted obligation, she wanted all these things. Now going forward, she doesn't quite want those things. Instead, what she wants is companionship, a little bit more autonomy. She wants sex at her women. She doesn't mind providing it for the guy. But what she doesn't want to do is to be put into that role again of wife. Because to her, it was a sense of duty. And she had to do things she didn't like doing, didn't want to do. She wants to be at that point where she could have that autonomy, have that person in her life. And if she wanted some dick at 10 o'clock at night, she could get it without any problem. Now, there are some other things that take place here. With this taking place, where she has this epiphany, and she's got this period of self-discovery, which a lot of women go through from 45 up. Some even go earlier in life, where they have this epiphany and they realize what really is important to them. And they start to kind of put their lives in a order of milestones. Some women do it younger, but most do it when they get around 35, 40 or so. Same thing with men. Because we bullshit off a lot of years. But the thing you got to remember is you got to know when to leave the party because if you don't know when to leave the party, you'll be 50 and 60 years old, still out there. And it gets very slim out there for people that will be interested in you. Because you're still thinking that, hey, I'm the cat's meow from back in the day. You think you're still relevant. And you're not. These kids are laughing at you. They would never say it. They'll call your pops, call your mama, call your granny, call you all that. And you think it's cool because, hey, at least I'm over these kids. And the only thing these young dudes want to do is to fuck you, ladies. And then after they've done that, they want to say, yeah, I had some gray hair on my dick as a badge of honor. I know it because I did it back in the day. That's what happens. Now, here's the thing. We've got to face some other facts. After we've done all this, and we've had these escapades, this person 
in her 40s, maybe even her early 50s, who's been divorced, she may be cool with just having sex with this guy. Get those needs met. And maybe go to the movies or something like that. But what she doesn't want a lot of times is commitment and the full relationship. And there are some women that just want dick only. In other words, let's not get serious. No strings attached. Whenever we see each other, we fuck and we leave. We don't say hello. We don't, you have some relationships like that. And they actually function, believe it or not. Because they've already set expectations. And that's the biggest point with relationships. Setting those expectations. Now, there are others that want activity partners. So, they may not want any intimacy with the person. But instead, what they want is, they want them to be a bowling partner or to go to the movies together and be film critics on the download. Or even co-host a podcast or something like that. And that's what it's about. And that's all it's about. If you're expecting more of those relationships, you may be in for a rude awakening. Because they think it's sufficient enough for you to just want to be with them for that particular purpose. Meanwhile, they may have romantic interest in someone else. And I've seen this happen plenty of times. And the poor guy would go like ballroom dancing. Now, I'll tell you, here in Vegas, and fellas, one thing to keep in mind, women who are 38 and over, a lot of them are into that because of Dancing with the Stars. You know what? I don't date any women that are into that shit. And here's why. A lot of them are followers. If Dancing with the Stars would not have come on, you would not have had to deal with that. And that's the problem I have. There are people I knew personally, hated any kind of dancing. And now all of a sudden they got into the ballroom dancing when Dancing with the Stars was on. Because their favorite celebrity was out there. See, what I look at is who's following who. Now, this is just my own personal preference and opinion. You may have your own. I respect that. A lot of guys were, man, you know, I got to go and learn how to ballroom dance. Why? Yeah, that's what, that, that's what the woman wants. I said, yeah, but here's the thing. If you think you're going to get some pussy from that, unless it comes out where it's only the two of you, you might. If it comes down to where it's the two of you and she's doing this as an extracurricular activity and letting you know she has a man, be fucked up. I said so. I wouldn't put myself in that predicament. Let her find someone who will be more appropriate. I said this is the reason why women who are in relationships, who don't want to jeopardize them, they always have a gay friend. A non-threatening individual in order to neutralize the threat of her man being intimidated. Women do that all the time. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret, fellas. Something I used to always do. 
always had a lesbian friend or two around. And I'd always make sure she was lipstick. I didn't want any of the stud butch bullshit. I wanted her to be lipstick. Reason why? She could be the biggest asshole in the world as a surrogate. More so than I could. So I didn't have to worry about certain things. Lady wanted to talk to me. And she saw apparently that I didn't was not into her. She'd help me out from here and there. And I'd do the same for her. But it was rare occasions that we had to use that. But it happens. Now, let me go back for a second, because I know some people who are studs are going to be upset about what I said. Here's the reason why most men don't really respect studs that much. For those of you who don't know, studs are women that try to act like dudes, try to dress like dudes, try to look like dudes. Because we can fuck you guys so easily. That's the only problem. A lot of guys have written in about this. Especially in Atlanta, Detroit, and Houston. Oof. But here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with being a woman. There's nothing wrong with having your needs. And some of you are confused because maybe you didn't have a dad at home. Maybe... You're confused on your sexuality because some things happened to you as you were developing. Because, see, we're pretty fucked up as a nation when it comes down to mental health. When it comes down to emotional health. We don't put any money in that. Look how much money, look how much of a problem we have with Obamacare. Something that would have helped the whole nation. And how these fools fought against it. Because a bulk of Americans have been convinced to vote against anything that would help them. They've always been like that. It's like they're the gang that couldn't shoot straight. You think about it. You got people promoting them to overthrow the government in this country. Who's going to benefit from that? Nobody. Not even them. But they don't see that. Because they're blinded by their own anger and frustration and not looking at the big picture. What's the problem in America? Is that capitalism, like any other system, does not work perfectly. No, no, no system is going to distribute wealth out equally. You're going to always have 2% at the top, 98% at the bottom. Or in strata, in strata all the way down to the bottom. So we have to face some few things. What does it mean now? Let's look at it. They give you an American dream. <laughs> and we're supposed to have the best system in the world, best economy in the world. Folks, if anything, instead of getting angry and talking about violence and all this other foolishness, maybe we should get together 
and start respecting each other as groups and then start looking at the real reason why we don't have health care in this country. That's through the government. Why we don't have education through the government. Why we don't have dental insurance through the government and mental health services through the government. And when I say this, I'm talking about where we can get those services because we've already paid for them. We've already paid for them. So hell, we should have them. But why don't we? Oh, well, we gotta spend all this money on these missile systems and jets and everything else in preparation for some sort of war against some country, Russia, China, whomever. The biggest fear in America, and I'm gonna tell you, the biggest fear of democracy is not, believe it or not, a military action. It's going to be an intellectual movement. And therefore, a change of perspective and views. That's going to be the change. See, one thing that I used to always concern myself with when I took history, especially when I was in the Marine Corps and we had courses on certain tactics and certain historical facts. And one thing they used to always say to be mindful of, the victories and conflict that were resolved without a single shot altercation or encounter. that carries more weight than countries that have had conflicts and wars. And I thought, I said, damn. Because you never know what went on behind the scenes. You never know what deals were cut. With the war, you know what's gonna happen. Either you're gonna have a winner or a loser or they're gonna have an armistice. got to think about it. But for you single folks, let me tell you something before I get out of here. It's the lies that you're tired of. It's the irresponsibility that you're tired of. It's the lack of accountability. The person ghosts you. All of these are childhood characteristics. All these are things a child would do. A mature person would be responsible and say, hey, I can't make the data, et cetera, et cetera. So what you have to do to minimize your frustration, call these things out with these people. The only thing they're going to do is fade away. And the way you call it out, you don't have to tell them. If you already know, That's all you need to know. You don't have to go and put it in their face. Your time is valuable. Your life is valuable. And you don't want to waste it on lies, on bullshit. You catch a person in a lie, instead of sitting there trying to confront them and letting that vein just pulsate in your neck, trying to convince you about your part of it, please. Catch them in a lie, boom. 
There have been a many women that never knew why I left them. Because I caught them in lies. I'm not gonna waste any time with them. That's time I could spend productively getting away from them and finding someone who really is about themselves. Now, as you get older, you're going to be alone a lot more, especially those of you who've had friends in the past. Because see what happens, believe it or not, people come together when they're younger and people try to disperse themselves as they get older. Now, why is this? Some people don't like knowing other people that die. In other words, it's easier for us to grow apart now where I don't have to be identified with your mortality if you were to pass away and I'm 70 and you're 70. Oh, so-and-so passed away. Oh, yeah. But it has more of a direct impact when it happens. There are a lot of people that do that. To the way the whole contact list. And they only are around younger people. And for that reason, they're around these younger people because the way they look at it, these people will be around until they die. And so this is their new way of living. And that's the way it goes. Well, folks, I got to get out of here, but I did enjoy this session. And I know that a lot of you probably pissed off at me from this, but that's okay. If you're in Vegas and you're female, I tell you what, this is what I'll do. If you're over the age of 25, female in Vegas, single, give me a holler. Because what I'm doing here now is I'm looking for a life partner, a wife, someone close. Best way to start is now. So therefore, that means that everyone else that I've met so far up until now hasn't made the mark. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support.
If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.